this just in. It's that time once again for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Smoothie King Center in uh, what's that, New Orleans, Louisiana. It's Monday Night Raw. Air date, January the 22nd, 2024. This episode is the the road to the Royal Rumble. That's right. So, let's take it away in... Uh, one, two, one, two, three. Let it really the wrestling. He likes to talk about it. Welbo, uh, Welbo, uh, welcome to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and <clears throat> and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we take a deep look into what happened into the episode, just a quick shout out to the non-combatants. That's right, they are the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, representing the authority figure. He is the general manager, Adam Pierce. Next, um, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, we got ourselves uh, a Jackie Redmond. Next, heading into the ring, um, which we start off with the uh, the officials, the referees, and the team of referees today are the team of Danilo Amphibio, Daphne Lachon, Eddie Oregno, um, Rod Zapta and Sean Bennett. And then letting everybody know who's about to fight. And the results of such matches, we have Samantha Irving. And then, of course, <clears throat> last but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew. Um, the play-by-play guys. The hosts. And I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team. They are the team. of First, he's, uh, I think he's, uh, he's, he's got to be a, a future Hall of Famer. He's that damn good. Um, he's the man with the uh, uh, soothing yet raspy voice. He's, uh, yeah, one of the best in the business. And uh, commentating whatever he does, he's great. I have a personal man crush on him. Not uh, embarrassed to say. It's Wade Barrett. And backing up Wade Barrett, he's a longtime host for over 25 years. It's Michael Cole. Baby. So, now without any further uh, kadoos, let's get started with uh, the show. And we have, uh, wow, we start with big, we start the big, with some big news, apparently. Now, last week, I believe Seth Rollins had a big fight against uh, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. So, we got Seth Rollins hobbles into the ring there, wearing a knee brace over top of his pants. You know, you gotta let everybody know that he's injured. He's legitimate injured. So he's got the, anyway, he goes in the ring. He acknowledges, he uh, opens up Raw with uh, 
Um, welcome to Money Night Rollins, baby. And acknowledges he's got a leg injury, and he's it's pretty bad. Uh, the MRI MRI results are not good. They're not great, at least. Uh, so he's looking at a three or four month vacation uh, injury time. So three or four months. So that make uh, I guess ruin his plans getting to the uh, you know with uh, the WrestleMania. WrestleMania, his dream is going to WrestleMania. He's never done it before. To go to WrestleMania as champion and leaving as champion because he's never done it before. And it may not happen this year either. May not happen because of his injury uh, to his leg. So, anyways, nice talking such. It's uh, Gunther and uh, it's the uh, Imperium. It's Gunther with uh, Flag and Gunther. It's uh, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. And uh, why? Everybody's wondering what Gunther is doing out there and uh, why. And uh, Seth Rollins wondering if he's going to get attacked or not because it's going to be a three-on-one. Seth Rollins will get destroyed. With his leg injury, he'll be out indefinitely. He already is going to be out indefinitely. So Gunther, he wants to voice his opinion, what he believes about Seth Rollins, what he feels about Seth Rollins. And he says, nothing bad. Nothing bad at all. He actually, uh, he calls Seth Rollins a lot of things. Most of all, the workhorse. In, uh, he's a respectful, a respectful champion that people can be proud of. Just like himself, Gunter. Gunter! Anyways, uh, but Gunter, he feels sad. He feels sad for Seth Rollins because, uh, you know, he may not make it to WrestleMania. Now Seth Rollins says, uh, the doctors, you know, I'm paraphrasing, pretty much the doctors be damned! Because he'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to be at WrestleMania to defend his title. If, of course, uh, he doesn't get, uh, you know, uh, his belt stripped because, uh, you know, uh, he's injured and he can't defend it. But anyways, three or four weeks, that's not bad. I mean, after all, Roman Reigns, he, it's months between uh, his title defenses. So come on now, he can do that on his head. So, anyways... They shake the hands, shake the hands. It's a quarter, but anyways, Gunther puts Seth Rollins on notice. Seth puts Seth Rollins on notice. He says uh, he looks to uh, win the Royal Rumble coming this Saturday, and he will challenge Seth Rollins, and he will put on target. He will target Seth Rollins' knee, and he will target his back, and he will be the world champion. You may think, yeah, uh, I think it's time that uh, Gunther. He's one of the greats. He's one of the guys who's uh, who legitimizes, legitimizes, <laughs> he, he makes it legitimate. I'm trying to make a word, I think I'm making a making up. Anyways, he makes he's a, like a legitimate champion. You know, legitimatize. That's it. I'm trying to rush the word. It's just plain and simple. Just gotta take your time. The words for kind of spill out. So yeah. So next time they fight, who knows? If uh, now this whole uh, Royal Rumble is stacked already, and only half of them, are, we already know who half of them are. So yeah, it's gonna be great. Will Gunther win it? But we got uh, CM Punk and uh, you know Cody Rhodes. Anyways, regardless, so they leave. Uh, Gunther leaves the ring, but however, as he's leaving the ring, we got ourselves little uh, hoodlums. Some hoodlums run in there. 
It's the hoodlums by the name of Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. They got a grudge against Imperium. So they attack. They run right by uh, Gunter. And they attack uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. Take him down. Take him downtown, Charlie Brown. So they fight on. But hey, the first match, it just runs into the first match. And that's exactly why uh, Ludwig uh, Kaiser and uh, Giovanni Vinci. have a match um so yeah so this one here is imperiums uh giovanni Nzi and Ludwig kaiser versus the new days kofi kingston and xavier was back together again now a couple of weeks ago it was uh kofi kingston uh drop kicking the holy hell out of uh um giovanni Vinci. And I guess he got some whiplash happening there and uh, I guess he might have got a mild concussion he failed a concussion report or whatnot protocol so then he was injured for a little bit, but he's back. And they're back together in a tacky match. Risking it all again. Risking it all again. Now, of course, they have another segment here. Kofi Kingston. Now, Kofi Kingston, i got to say. The last couple of weeks, he was just phoning it in with uh, just showing up. I'm here, and that's all you need. It's me, Kofi Kingston. I just wear my shorts and my some boxer briefs in my uh, running shoes, and I'm off to ready to go. Put on some knee pads, and I'm ready to fight. This time, no, he, he went on a little bit further. He actually got some uh, wrestling trunks on. Mm-hmm. Wrestling capris. And with his sneakers. Regardless. Enough with this bitching about uh, wardrobe, whatnot. This is going with Matt. Now, Kofi Kingston repeats the move he did that injured uh, Giovanni Vinci last time. But this time, it didn't whiplash uh, Giovanni's head, and Giovanni didn't land on his head when he landed on the ground. Regardless. The outcome was different this time. Giovanni was okay. But the match here was about 13 and a half minutes long. It was a barn burner. It was a very, it was a, it was a lot of fun, this match. Now, here we go. Now, they get out. Now, here's the ending of the match here. Now, Kofi Kingston, they, they, he gets everybody out of the ring there. He gets uh, um, Ludwig Kaiser outside the ring. And then he goes for a tope suicida over between the second and third rope. Takes out um, Ludwig Kaiser. And then it's Giovanni Vinci. He then uh, try backs up his partner. He uh, jumps in the ring there and he flies out there with a drop kick, a sliding drop kick to hits uh, Kofi Kingston. So now three him outside there. Now not to be outdone, it is uh, Xavier Woods. He follows suit with a massive uh, drop kick, a la <clears throat> you know uh, Lyra Valkyria, feet first, catching himself, but he goes through. He cat drop kicks both of the Imperium outside. So now all four of them outside in the ring. They all go at it. They all fighting, and then the referee uh, calls the match a countout after twenty-five. As far as I know, it was twenty-five seconds, about twenty-five seconds, of uh, the rest, everybody outside the ring, and that's when he uh, he rang the bell. So it was a countout, twenty-five seconds. So I seen the oh, much longer. I seen people outside the ring much longer than that, like uh, maybe thirty-five seconds, sometimes forty seconds. No one cares. But you know what? I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. 25 seconds, regardless. So it matches a double disqualification. But, however, they're not done with each other. Kofi Kingston uh, fights outside to ring there. You know? Um, With uh, Giovanni. And Ludwig Kaiser is with uh, Xavier Woods. And they start fighting out there. And, uh, you know... 
And then they all end up outside into the uh, crowd where they have the one big spot, a huge spot, where they fight on top of these moving crates. And then it's, uh, yeah, that's right. It's a double takedown. It's uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods taking down Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Put him through tables. Yeah, he was big. Anyways, moving backstage, we got ourselves the uh, the dead mother, Rhea Ripley of the Judgment Day. That's right. Um, talking to the whole team, making sure that she's the leader of the team. Yeah, at least uh, she's making sure that they know who's in charge. Who's in charge? Anyway, she's talking about now Damien Priest. He's got a match against uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. And the uh, whole thing is like, uh, um, Rhea Ripley saying, you don't have to do this. You don't have to, uh, you know, and you don't have to engage Drew McIntyre. It's a fool's errand. But Drew McIntyre has got his pride. He wants to, uh, he think he's, uh, he doesn't want to be told what to do because there's no leaders in Judgment Day, but there is. And she tells off some, uh, you know, uh, J.D. McDonough and uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Dominic Mysterio. How they didn't get the job done with DIY. A whole lot happening, you know, and then he's demands that uh, Finn Balor, Finn Balor joins a match with uh, JD McDonough, you know. So make sure he brings out his aggressive side, his vicious side. Your oh, Finn Balor joined Dominic Mysterio. Make sure you're vicious this time, not a pansy. So, yeah, so it's gonna be ditched. So, some ch ch changes with Dominic's game, I suppose, because he's got more help, more help. With Dominic Mysterio. Now we go, of course, backstage before the at Gorilla area. Gorilla, before they go into the ring. It is, uh, we got ourselves Jackie Redmond. You know, uh, and with, uh, you know, uh, Ivy Nile. And uh, Maxine Dupree. And we're talking about her match, Maxine's match, or Ivy Nile's match versus Valhalla. And Maxine says, Val is not ready for Ivy Nile. Now, Brutus and Julius Creed joined the team, but you know what? They're put down. They're, they're smacked down. Hey, we're, we're here for you. It's like, I don't need you. I don't need you two buffoons. I got my girl here, Maxine Dupree. Didn't say that, but she didn't need the help of the Creed brothers. So they are backstage still. So this match is, of course, Ivy Nile versus... I think, personally, she is the most curvaceous woman in all of Monday Night Raw. She is the sexiest. She is feral as hell. Holy hell. She's a, the feral, sexy Valhalla coming in there with her music, her old music this time. It's been a while since she's had a, a legitimate one-on-one uh, -on -one match. And this is against Ivy Niles. She's called a pit bull of wrestling because she's a, she's a force to be reckoned with in fitness, baby. But how about this match? This match was uh, was short. Was about the length of uh, average length of uh, about a short commercial break. It was about two minutes and forty seconds. Let's face it, yeah. under three minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but there was a lot of uh, you know, at least we got to see some Valhalla in the ring. It's very rare you get to see Valhalla wrestling. So 
What happens? A lot of back and forth. Valhalla attacks uh, Ivy Nile outside the ring. They fight outside for a bit, but they take it back inside the ring. Valhalla tries to end it with a massive uh, pop-up headbutt to the head. Now, this is where it gets hilarious. I don't think the referee was uh, in the rehearsal. Maybe they had a different referee. Because I think if the referee just went straight down for a count and not notice... Now, what happened? Valhalla was supposed to go to the ropes for some assistance. You know, some uh, assist, put her feet on the ropes to help her with the uh, leverage. Um, referee was, he just went on the right spot. Referee needed no help to see this This was a cheat or a cheat attempt. So referee could have called the right there. Hey, hey, I'm not counting. There's your foot's on a rope. But since he was on a, the wrong spot, so he was not supposed to see it because what was supposed to happen? I feel it was Maxine Dupree who was supposed to get the referee's attention attention away from the situation or B perhaps uh, Maxine Dupree just got mixed up maybe uh, um, the referee was uh, just was not going to I don't know I'm just assuming things now what could have happened that shouldn't happen but anyways um, Maxine did not get the pin Maxine gets upset actually it's uh, Valhalla did not get the pin Valhalla gets upset at Maxine. She's like, ah, I'll get you. So she uh, gets distracted for a little bit. She uh, then, uh, they start squabbling inside the ring there, Val and uh, Ivy now. They go to the ropes there. Uh, they fight on the uh, corner. And eventually, it's uh, Ivy Nile. She's on the top rope. Valhalla, she's standing on the second rope. And then it's one bulldog later. Wham, pam. Thank you. I think that's the new move of... Uh, Ivy Nile, it's called the Pitbull, the Pitbull, so since they've already named it, I guess that's her new finishing move, so yeah. One, two, three, is over! Valhalla loses, but she looked good doing it. Now I would like to see a, a Valhalla match where they stretch it out, maybe a good five to eight minute match, you know? But she loses, and Ivy Nile wins! So yeah, big victory for, uh, I guess, uh, Moving on, we go backstage. And it's with Jackie Redmond. She's with uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods on uh, their thoughts now. It was uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods back there with uh, um, Jay Uso. Jay Uso! Mr. Yeet. And you know, I guess James J. Call. Uh, you know, gaslighting them. Not really gaslighting, but pump them up. Anyway, so Jackie Redmond comes on there. And she wants her uh, opinion on, uh, you know, Imperium. And they talk about, uh, you know, People make an example of uh, people uh, pushing the New Day, you know. It's uh, um, to push them too far, you know. Anyways, they not only got a problem with the tag teams, but uh, Kofi Kingston, he wants to teach challenges. Gunther for a match next week. Oh, so it's going to be big. And with that, we go into that very ring. It's with uh, Anaya Jax. She's talking, uh, you know, talking about squashing a couple of people like Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. And then finding out that uh, there's going to be a match at the Royal Rumble between Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. You know, you know, if uh, I guess. Uh, but of course, uh, Nijax wants to be the dream killer there for uh, Becky or Rhea. Anyways. So, Becky Lynch comes down to the ring. Well, 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 yes. Yes, I'm talking about the very gaunt one, Becky Lynch. Gaunt, I should say. So, pronounce that word properly. 
So she comes over and she calls uh, Nia Jax a dope. You're dope. You know, dope. Like, just like that. And she's talked about all the girls in the back. They don't like you. All the girls, they don't like you. You know, you push them down. Inflating yourself. You've injured half of them. You've injured a lot of them back there. Anyways. Um, she's got... Uh, before she can get on there, we got ourselves Bailey. Uh, Bailey. Now, Bailey, wow. She's... Uh, the most curvaceous woman in SmackDown. The sexiest woman in SmackDown shows up to Raw. And what does she have to say? Now, Bailey was making a statement here. Now, her jacket she had made special. It was the same material that, uh, you know, the wallpapers. Uh, what's that? Uh, Dominic Mysterio, some of his boots. Some of his boots, the same material that makes his boots. The cow print. Fluffy, the fluffy cow print. Anyways, regardless, Bailey looks great with her, uh, the, uh, what's that, Lion Tamer Jericho do? The, uh, top tail, top ponytail? Great stuff, great stuff. Anyways, she wants, she wants to put them both in their place because she's looking to win the Royal Rumble and go on to, uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania! So anyways, before she can talk any further, she attacks Becky Lynch. She puts her down. And then, uh, it gets even further. Nia Jax, she starts beating everybody up, puts Bailey down, throws uh, Becky Lynch out of the ring, showing that who's boss in the old Royal Rumble, and then gives uh, Bailey a massive Hogan leg drop right across that throat up for Bailey. Mm -hmm. So that's tough for Bailey taking that one for the team. So with that, we go backstage. It's with the Miz trying to give our truth some hearty advice, some hearty advice about. Uh, what might happen if he sticks around with the, uh, you know, the uh, the Judgment Day? You know, it's like you stick around with them, they're gonna they're gonna turn back on you. You're gonna get your ass whooped. Well, guess what? He got his ass whooped many times by the Judgment Day, and he still thinks he's part of Judgment Day. So, anyways, it's uh, um, oh, our truth. He's 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 quite the personality, you gotta say, you know. He's Trey Watzel is uh he thinks uh, he's fighting uh Miss he thinks Miss is fighting actually uh um not just Dominic but his brothers you know Tom and uh, Mick it's so ridiculous anyways so our truth is living in a delusional world and Miz I don't know what he's trying to do trying to convince our truth of because I guess what maybe he wants to see awesome truth back together maybe not who knows moving on we go to our very match. It is uh, the Judgment Days, Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz. Now, this match was about uh, close to 10 minutes, nine and a half minutes. This was a, uh, this is a barn burner, baby. But it was a also a lot of fun. The wrestling was pretty good, you know. Dominic Mysterio, man, he's wearing, uh, his boots are made, literally, his boots were made from shag carpeting. Shag carpeting this time. It, they look crazy, you know, they look crazy. So, I mean, this reminds me of, like, what the Barbarian used to wear. Except even more so. More so than the Barbarian. Anyways. So, this match here was, like I say, was about nine and a half minutes. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of wrestling. A lot of good wrestling. Miz and Dominic um, took turns going, uh, taking advantage, you know. You know. Now, with this match here, Dominic Mysterio has a fellow Judgment Day members of Finn Balor and J.D. McDonough. And, uh, we got a moment where 
Dominic Mysterio throws out of the ring the Miz and takes the ref's attention away from what's happening outside where he gets punched in the face by Finn Balor. The more vicious Finn Balor, you know, interferes the match in a match. And that uh, helped Dominic Mysterio take advantage for a bit with a massive tope suicida between the second and third row. Big one. Miz doing his uh, vintage Miz. His uh, backbreaker to neckbreaker. And then, of course, he's getting, he got fed up. Miz got, is getting fed up with uh, the interference of uh, uh, Finn Balor and JD. So then uh, he does this, a massive dropkick. He dropkicks a holy hell out of uh, Finn Balor. JD gets involved and he gets uh, hurricanered. That's right, a hurricanered. He walks right into it. A hurricanered. And then uh, we move on. The massive throws him down there. Uh, but however, as the match ends, Ray Myster uh, Dominic Mysterio goes for a 619. Miz catches him. He pushes him away. But however, the Miz, however, he, he ducks his head outside the ropes. He's waiting for something to happen. Dominic Mysterio gets the... Uh, Actually, he's lying down there. J.D. McDonough climbs up in the ropes there, gets the ref's attention while that's happening. Miz sticks his head out the ring like, hey, what's going on? I wonder what's going on out here. And then, of course, he gets kicked to the side of the head by Finn Balor, the more vicious Finn Balor. And then Dominic Mysterio, he finishes off the 619, how it's done properly. 619! But it shouldn't hurt too much because uh, so much carpeting, fluff carpeting hits you in the face. It's a blow. It softens the blow. So much pillowing. Anyway, so he gets kicked in the face. Dominic Mysterio goes to the top rope with the five-star frog splash. Ends it. Miz loses. So uno, dos, tres. You lose, says. After the match, we got to show a, a more stronger a more vicious Finn Balor comes in and starts attacking, attacking the holy hell at a Miz some more. But however, we got ourselves DIY, DIY. Yes, that's right. It's, uh, what's that? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. They run to the ring there. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa runs out of the ring and help out, help out the friend. And they clean out the ring. So I say this. This could be a career suicide to team up with the Miz. You know, because, uh, your career is pretty much, he, he, he's such an energy suck to other people. Once they leave the Miz, they're they're, they're just, they just fall away. They fall away somewhere. Happens so many times. So many times. Alex Riley. And, of course, I call him the uh, Spirit Squad 2.0 is DIY, a.k.a. Spirit Squad 2.0. So this would be another day. So, yeah. DIY Miz versus Judgment Day. Another time, another time coming. Maybe uh, for, I don't know. Moving on. Yep, Miz takes over. They all beat up the, uh, you know. Anyway, so here we go. We go backstage. And it's with uh, a Mr., uh, you know, Jack Redmond with Damien Priest. Talks about, it's a post-match interview against uh, Drew McIntyre. And before our um, Damien Priest can talk about what he's got plans on doing to um, Drew McIntyre, it is uh, Mr. R-Truth, Mr. Delusional himself, comes in there with a, a fist full of cash, like a big wad of money. Talking about how he's, uh, how he sold a lot of, uh, what's that, uh, Tom and Nick shirts. 
That's right. If someone comes like, hey, would you like to buy Tom and Nick shirt? Everybody would say, who the hell's Tom and Nick, you idiot? Get out of my face. But however, he got a lot of people say thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. So he must have sold like uh, thousands of Tom and Nick shirts. Anyway, so he wants to give the money to uh, Damien Priest. And he's like, uh, you know, this is not the time. You know, hey, this is not the time. Anyways, with that said, we go backstage again with Bronson Reed. He's uh, he's a problem with the uh, with Jay Uso. You know, because they both both of them are looking for individual gold. So next week is a challenge. He wants to make a he wants to make an example of Jay Uso, and he wants to do that uh, next week. Moving on, we go backstage before our match, and it's. Uh, Team Alpha, the Alpha Academy, the Alpha Academy, you know, uh, Otis, uh, Chad Gabler, Ryan's the tabler, uh, Maxine Dupree, and Tozawa. And it's, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, Chad Gable getting ready for his match by uh, trying, by suplexing, at least lifting, lifting Otis off the ground, like, uh, you know, German style suplex. And then we have, uh, um, what's that, uh, Tozawa. He's basically dry humping Otis from the back. It's like, that is so weird. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? You're supposed to suplex him, not dry hump Otis in the buttocks, you son of a gun. You son of a gun. So that's what it looked like anyways. So here we go next with their big match. It is representing the Viking Raiders and only him. It is Ivar versus representing the Alpha Academy. It's Chad Gable. So this was huge. This was the match of the night. This was great. This was about 11 minutes. 11 minutes. Uh, Chad Gable starts off the match fast with a spinning heel kick. With a, you know, does a front bump and with a heel kick. It was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Ivar turns things around. The uh, Chad Gable hits those ropes and he runs back and he gets caught with a spinning. A spinning, uh, you call it a uh, inside-out slam. Or tornado slam, inside out slam. Big, big move. This match was great. Chad Gable goes to the top rope. Now, this was a lot of back and forth. Chad Gable goes to the top rope with a flying headbutt. Now, these are just uh, nice uh, moments of the match. Now, they fight outside for a bit there. Chad Gable's put down, and then it's uh, Ivar off the ring apron to the outside of the ring with a massive splash from hell. That should have ended it, but this match shows a lot about uh, Chad Gable. And his resilience in the ring there. He's, be able, he's able to take a beating and keep on ticking. Now they go to the top rope there. And it's uh, Ivar gets superplexed right off the top rope. I'm like, wow, that is huge. There's some big, big ass moves in this match. This was a great, great match. This could have easily have been a main event match. Easily. And now they go to match outside here. Now apparently, uh, it's supposed to supposed to spotlight supposed to be was uh, the old uh, kick or chop the old ring post to injure yourself to get uh, the other person give the advantage. Now it was Ivar supposed to spin kick the holy hell out of uh, Chad Gable him moving, but uh, of course uh, Ivar misses Chad Gable and the ring post, but he sold it a little bit. He nicked it sort of, kind of kind of nicked his foot against the ring post, I think. But anyways, they fight on. Otis. Bears through the pain. Bears through that pain. You know? And uh, goes on. Otis with a massive power bomb on Chad Gable. Chad Gable kicks out of that bad boy. Chase out of it. And then next thing you know what? Otis is on a second. Or it's uh, not Otis, but it's uh, 
uh, Ivar on the second rope with a huge, huge ass leg drop. It should end any match. Leg drop off the second rope. Yeah, that's a finisher. And with uh, Ivar doing that, it's a double finisher. But Chad Gable kicks out of that move. Chad Gable ends up getting the uh, um, ankle lock on Ivar, not once, but two times. Ivar gets out of it two times. But it was did some pretty good damage on Ivar. Now, Ivar, he tries to finish it with a massive uh, doom salt. He misses the doom salt. Chad Gable moves. He was just too much energy left. That's when Chad Gable turns it around for a little bit more. And then with the massive, he sets up with a massive throw, massive belly to back German suplex non-release. Picks up, you know, uh, Ivar and throws him down. It was impressive, I gotta say. But not to top, but to top that off, apparently. They fight on. And uh, Ivar, he's, and uh, Chad Gable, Chad Gable's on the top rope there. Ivar is trying to get him off there. So they're fighting on the ropes. Um, Ivar ends up being on second rope, facing the crowd. Chad, Chad Gable gets it back, goes, gets back to his back. And then with a massive German suplex, German suplexes, Ivar off the second rope. Huge, huge. That was huge. And then Chad Gable goes to the top rope again to finish off Ivar. But however, coming to the rescue, it's uh, the most curvaceous. I call her the super, the most sexiest woman of... Uh, Monday Night Raw. It's the Super Feral. That's right. Valhalla comes to the ring there and uh, gets right in the face of uh, Chad Gable, who then gets uh, hypnotized by the Feral one, Valhalla. He doesn't know what to do. Whoa! Woezies! So he's shocked beyond belief. And then it's uh, Ivar gets up, picks up uh, Chad Gable, and does, a re does like an inverted slam. Slams uh, Chad Gable on his face and... It was pretty bad. Pretty nasty. After that, it's uh, Ivar to the top rope with one another. Doom Salt squashing the holy hell out of Chad Gable. One, two, three. It's over! Valhalla celebrates with the Ivar with the big victory. So, you know what? The Viking Raiders go off today with one and one. One win, one loss. But that's all right. That's all right. So next up, we got something huge. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Cody So yes, Cody Rhodes 
gets to the ring there. So taking his time there. But as soon as Cody Rhodes gets in the ring and before he can say anything, so, not even that, we got ourselves a... I made a pie, it's blueberry, cause that's my only specialty. Right, CM Punk. I use some nutmeg, I use chia seeds, I... Use some ingredients you can't see Oh, cause that's my only specialty Not apple crumble or strawberry I have only one specialty Only one specialty Only one specialty I love pies and I don't know why If my oven breaks then my pastries die That is why I make more pies It's for me under a maple tree So, my goodness, two great songs in a row. Oh, what a lucky time for being a wrestling fan. But however, is it really a lucky time for being these two wrestlers? Long time friends going to the ring there. So much has happened in this one here. Um, first, it's, uh, you know, uh, CM Punk. He talks about uh, the, the beginnings, the, the beginnings of, uh, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes, his uh, wrestling career. How his dad uh, told him, you know, uh, to put... Uh, for CM Punk to keep his eye on him, you know, to watch him when he uh, as he grows in Ohio Valley Wrestling, apparently. So apparently Cody Rhodes, uh, he was watched by CM Punk, and CM Punk watched Cody grow from a, a, a noob to a main event superstar, apparently. And Cody says, I'm so proud, I'm so proud. So he's proud of Cody Rhodes, but however, he's wondering about Sunday. What about after the Royal Rumble? Because, uh, you know, we might be friends, but at Royal Rumble, it's all about CM Punk. So will he take this thing personally, or is it just business? Business! So anyways, uh, so basically, Cody Rhodes starts talking about, are you, uh, are you talking, uh, talking to me, or are you uh, talking, uh, are you thinking, you're talking to me while you're thinking of him. And when he says him, it's, uh, Dusty Rhodes, you know, it's like that's what everybody does. They look at me, but it's they're really looking at thinking of him, you know. So uh, Dusty, Dusty, of course, uh, you know Cody Rhodes. He wants to be his old man, and uh, this would mean that if you're in my way, you just, you know, regardless. Punk, he's been a a friend, a peer, a peer to a friend, but basically. Uh, He's going to have to go through CM Punk. But Punk wants to know if you're going to take it personally or not. But they start kissing ass for a little bit there. And then uh, they talk about uh, they had two different goals, you know. And how CM Punk says, you know, your dad might be, it might have been a plumber. Is, you know. But he was a, but when he comes down to it, my daddy was an electrician. So I'm more of the American dream than you are. Boo-hoo. 
And then, uh, of course, uh, Cody Rhodes says, uh, so what do you want to talk about? And he wants to talk about the pipe bomb. And, Co- and uh, CM Punk gets ready, throws off the thing, gets rid, gets rid of this WWE logo off the microphone. And he's talking about how the pipe bomb, thought it was going to be a big fight. Pipe bomb, uh, basically the pipe bomb, it was a good thing. Nothing but respect. The pipe bomb inspired so many people. So many people, including himself. You know, he talks about, the, he rattles off the formula to a, a revolution. But here's a problem. After he talked the good talk, he straight up left. Not just left, but he really left and torched the whole place down. Burned bridges and whatnot. Anyways, uh, the torch, you, you, didn't just, you didn't just drop the torch. You didn't, you know, a lot of people hand down the torch, but he just dropped, plain up, dropped the torch. Cody Rhodes was there to pick it up, apparently. Pick it up to drop it to something else, to leave too. So Cody Rhodes also left to start a new company, All Elite Wrestling. So yeah, for saying, you talk a good talk now, Cody Rhodes never talked a good talk before he left for greener pastures, or at least what he thought was greener pastures. When there wasn't any greener pastures, he made greener pastures himself. All elite. So he says much nonsense. So yeah, it all comes down to uh, what that the Royal Rumble, where the uh, who's going to win? They're both involved with that, and uh, the winner of the Royal Rumble will get a number one contendership spot. The only question is who will they fight? If either one of them do fight, because there's a lot of people who are in this Royal Rumble. So moving on next. Moving on next. We got ourselves a tag team match. It is uh, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark versus uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hot Whale. This was about six and a half minutes. Pretty respectable, I suppose. I suppose. You know, but here we go. The problem is this. It was, was it really a wrestling match? It seemed like, uh, it, it seemed like they're just going through some uh, wrestling, they're doing wrestling moves. You know, they're going through the motion of a wrestling match. It, look, it may seem like a wrestling match, but it's not a wrestling match. They're just doing wrestling moves during this thing. So it's like they, the line, the blurred line between reality and fantasy, there's nothing there. This was like, yep, this is happening. They're doing wrestling moves, and that's about it. It was sad. It was not that good. But whatever, watching this match here is Candice, is uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Turning side. They could give uh, the mics, but they had nothing to say. Too busy partying, party. So anyways, they are at uh, Monday Night Raw, which is uh, a rare thing. You know? Anyway, so, he's a rarity at Raw. Anyway, so moving on. Candice LeRae and uh, Indy Hart will have a nice, uh, you know, team-up move. It's like the Undertaker style. Candice LeRae walks the ropes with the help of uh, Indy Hartwell. And then she, with a massive... Uh, you know, what's that, uh, Swanton, jumps off, actually it's a Huracarana, she, she takes, uh, you know, um, what's that, uh, Zoe Stark, and flings her right on to, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler, pretty big move, pretty big move, while watching this whole thing down, it is, of course, the great one, Chelsea Green, with uh, Piper Niven, checking out the Accione, Trying to jump in there. Maybe they can be a, a two-time champion. But yeah. Uh, it's good to see them still together. Piper Niven, her uh, her whole style, her her style has changed for the better with uh, Chelsea Green. A great uh, role model, I would say. Anyways, we go to the match here. 
the end sequence here. We got both uh, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark in the ring. Zoe Stark taking a lung blower by Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae landing on top of Shayna Baszler. So a two for one, so to speak. Um, Zoe Stark gets knocked back. And then it's a pin attempt. You know, uh, Candice LeRae tries to pin uh, Shayna Baszler. Zoe Stark breaks up the pin. Indy Hartwell tries to help out, do the best she can, but she can't do enough. She gets not just thrown out the ring, but she gets super kicked right out of that damn ring, out of the match. Now here's where it gets confusing. Now uh, it's uh, Shannon Baszler, she gets uh, a rear naked choke onto uh, Candice LeRae. She backs into her own corner, and she gets uh, the blind tag by uh, Zoe Stark, tags herself in. And then, uh, what's that... Uh, now, this is where it gets to, like, uh, yeah, it's just going through the motion. Where they, then, uh, Shayna walks Candice LeRae to her corner, and then she, like, she, she, she sits down for the Carafuna clutch. But since it's such a, you know, motion, it was automatically, uh, there's no real sit down with the clutch and then try to break out of it. So she sits down with the Carafuna clutch, tries to, but it's, uh, Candice LeRae rolls out, tries to get the pin, but there's a wrong person, the referee won't count it. Then right after that, it's, uh, z- Zoe Stark picks up Cancelare from the pinning position and then throws her up into the Z360. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It is over! Indy Hartwell, what is she doing? Um, Cancelare taking a big loss with the team. They leave, however. We got ourselves a little bit of uh, showboating. It's uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter going to the ring there saying, You know who champ is? We is the champs! Gets in the ring there. And then uh, they get blindsided by the uh, um, SmackDown's damage control. That's right. Uh, it's Asuka and Akari Sane, the Kabuki Warriors. They take to put the beat down onto the uh, Team Casey. You know, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. They both get beaten down there and uh, with them, it's Dakota Kai, you know, the translator of the team. So they're going to have a big match, you know, um, apparently. This Friday on SmackDown, they're going to have the official a tag team a championship match before the big old event of the Royal Rumble, which is happening on Saturday. Anyways, we go backstage there. It's with uh, Jackie Redmond with the pre-match interview with Drew McIntyre. He's like, do you have any opinions on uh, the Cody and CM Punk thing, what just happened out there? And he does not care. I don't care about them too. I've, what I've did, I've already said to their faces. Stuff like that. You know, and he basically comes down to, I'm just sick of hearing negative spin on all my accomplishments. So it's basically uh, Damien Priest. Um, he's going to be, he's, he, Damien Priest is just not mentally or physically tough enough to be the champion. So this is what he say pre-match. Like, oh, those are fighting words. I guess you got to put those words. Actione. Actione. So with that said, we go into the ring with their last match of the night. It is uh, representing Judgment Day's Damien Priest and no one at his side. Nobody. No Judgment Day's at his side. Can you believe it? Nobody. So you know something's going to be weird. Versus, of course, uh, Drew McIntyre. Now this was about a little under 10 minutes. You know. So they fight on. They fight outside a couple of times. It's crazy. Drew McIntyre with a massive overhead throw onto uh, Damien Priest outside the ring there. And thank goodness for those, uh, the new high-tech foam uh, paddings on the ground, about four or five inches. Really good stuff. 
spots like this are possible because of that. Anyways, they fight on. They fight in the ring. They're, they take the fight outside the ring. And they, they fight for uh, a close to... Uh, now, when they're fighting outside the ring, they go on a commercial break. And when they went on a commercial break, they were about 35 seconds outside the ring. The referee stopped the match at 25 seconds. That the other match, you know. Um, the tag team match that started the show. Imperium, New Day. But no, they didn't do that this time. Ridiculous. So anyways, match carries on, regardless. You know. uh, well, when they're outside, uh, it's the, what's that? Um, the Broken Arrow, he gets, uh, what? Drew McIntyre gets thrown onto the table, the Broken Arrow. Anyways, that's, uh, when they get back, they start fighting some more. They start fighting. It's pretty evenly matched. They both uh, evenly thoughts. So they both eventually fought themselves. They fought themselves, uh, found themselves kicking with a big boot to each other. They each gave each other a big kick to the face, knocking them both down. A mutual kicking. Now, uh, earlier on, uh, Drew McIntyre did try to get the Claymore kick on Damian Priest, but he did knock that away, cleared it away. Oh, not today. Not today. Damian Priest, uh, now, this is a classic Damian Priest move. He hasn't done it in a while. It's very dangerous. It's a, a Damien Priest tope suicida. He jump, runs at you. He uh, springboards off the second rope, bounces over the top rope. It's a very odd angle. Very dangerous. But I guess uh, Drew McIntyre is big enough to catch him. But it could have been really bad. It could have been really bad. But it ended up safely. Damien Priest landed and hits Drew McIntyre. Everybody's like, oh, oh, no, oh, oh. Then here's where things get crazy. Things get uh, really crazy. It is the, uh, you know, the comic relief. Our um, truth He comes ringside there. Bearing gifts. Big wads of cash for Damien Priest. Damien's not having any of it. He pushes our uh, truth away. Get away from me, you idiot. You buffoon. And our truth's like, oh, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, don't worry about it. I'll give it to you. I'll put it in your briefcase. I'll put it in your briefcase. So the match carries on. Um, Drew McIntyre turns things around. He with massive kick to the stomach of, uh, you know, Damon Priest. Hits him with a future shock DDT, baby. Setting him up for the massive claymore. And that's when, uh, you know, uh, our truth now, instead of distracting Damien Priest, he's now distracting Drew McIntyre. He goes in the ring there. Like, he's going to be popped out the ring apron. And he's asking for the code for the briefcase. Where's the code? <laughs> And Drew McIntyre is like, what are you doing? What you doing? Instead of finishing off his match, ignoring the comic relief, he decides to punch the comic relief in the face. R-Truth falls into the ring there. All the money gets scattered inside the ring. Big mess. You know, Drew McIntyre decides to finish off the match. But however, he gets caught with the South of Heaven chokeslam. He gets put down. However, this is where it gets more hilarious. This when uh, the comic relief go puts it on the third gear. And when the referee should be counting one, two, three, he's too busy arguing with our truth. And Damien Priest, I've had it. I've had it with our truth. Damn you. Damn you. Um, so, yeah. So he's done with the our truth. Um, so he gets our truth up and he throws him outside the ring. Out you, out you go. So he flies outside the ring there. And then uh, it's, uh, what's that, next you know it? He turns around and finds himself face to face with a massive uh, 
Claymore kick to the face. It was insane. And losing the match, it's, uh, you know, Damien Priest. So, moving on. So, yeah, so R-Truth gets in the way with everybody, which is hilarious. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but uh, it totally did. Um, so, yeah. And so that ends the, ends the day. Um, Drew McIntyre gets a big victory on uh, Damien Priest, and thanks to uh, R-Truth. So, yeah, something's going to happen for sure. But anyways, that uh, wraps it up for this week's episode of uh, Monday Night Raw. For our podcast listeners, stay tuned for we'll be right back with some uh, NXT right after the short break. However, for our Facebook friend, thank you for sticking around. Um, but we'll be right back with a whole new episode right uh, next week. I've been your host, Lip Hazelwood, saying see you next time. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at, representing the WWE, and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, it's the NXT, air date January the 23rd, 2024. This episode is The Road to uh, Vengeance Day. So, uh, let's go in. One, two, one, two, three. Let really the wrestling. He likes to talk about it. If you like what wrestling we keep you. Come join us. Welcome back to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of the NXT. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. That's right. Now, first and foremost, we've got some changes, some ch-ch-ch-changes. So now, of course, uh, now formally as the uh, interim general manager or whatever she represented. Now she is the officially the new general manager of NXT is Ava. Next, of course, um, getting all the uh, backstage interviews and all the pre-match, uh, all the backstage gossips and all the pre-match interviews. We got ourselves uh, a Kelly Kincaid. Next, heading into the ring. We have uh, the uh, the officials, the referees, and they are the team of Adrian Butler, Chip Danning, Dallas Irvin, Derek Sanders, Felix Fernandez, Gary Wilson, and Joey Gonzalez. And of course, letting everybody know who's about to fight. 
and uh, the results of such matches. We've got ourselves Alicia Taylor, and then heading, well, last but not least, of course, it's the commentating crew. It's the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of, uh, he's a two-time Hall of Famer. You know, uh, that's right, a two-time Hall of Famer. The man with usually the checks and championships on his mind, it's Booker T. Then backing up Booker T, I call him the voice of reason. And he's a tippy-top commentator in his own right. It's Vic, Vic Joseph. Now, without any further kudos, let's get on with the show. The show. And it's a big show. A big show tonight on NXT. Um, and, uh, but uh, today we start with uh, a little bit of the uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Semifinals. Only one match on tonight. Um, it is, of course, uh, Baron Corbin Team, uh, what's that, uh, the Wolf Dogs, I guess you can call them. Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. Yeah, I think it's catching. You know, the Wolf Dogs. It sounds ridiculous, but people like chanting it. Anyways, versus Axiom and Nathan Fraser. The uh, Cruiserweight team that with the Heart of Gold. They got such huge talent. Such huge talent. So here we go. This match was about... Uh, it, it match started early. I mean, when they got all in the ring there, it was hilarious. Because uh, it, it's, I guess, Axiom and Nathan Fraser needed the upper hand. So they attacked uh, Corbin and uh, Braun Breaker. Right then and there. But it was hilarious. Before it, everything happens. When it, before when they're coming to the ring, actually. Just cut back there for a second. Um, when they're coming to the ring. Um, <laughs> what's that? Uh, Baron, Baron Corbin was wearing uh, Braun Breakers, I guess, his... Uh, uh, premium live event he wore this <laughs> uh, this wolf head it was hilarious it was hilarious but Corbin wore that today Braun Breaker took it off his head before they yeah, it was hilarious it was a good little spit good little bit bringing back the hilarity of what Braun Breaker did with that wolf head lone wolf anyways back to the match back to the action now they fought outside they fought they, they, before the match they fought for a good uh, little over little over a minute you know, that's before the match even started. But I consider that part of the match because it was the action. Now, this was a tag team match. Now, the tag ropes are used, you know, quite frequently, most of the time. And uh, like I always say, with the tag ropes are used, and sometimes they're not. But NXT, they made a they make a point of using tag ropes when they're tagging in or not, out or not. But the referee still doesn't care. And the referee, you know, there's a lot of four on f- uh, two on two action in this match. And the referee just doesn't had lost control. He, the referees really have no control. It's up to the um, the wrestlers to either uh, uh, uphold to a proper wrestling match, or it could be a tornado match. And the referee just won't really don't do anything. Don't uh, do anything. So, anyways, the referee the match eventually does start. The match does eventually start. You know, but here's the thing: Braun Breaker. Whoo, whoo, whoo. Now uh, it was uh, Baron Corbin started the match off, but when Braun Breaker came in there, he was a house on fire. Now him and Axiom, he had this one crazy move. It was like a a gut wrench, like you think it's like a gut wrench suplex, a gut wrench suplex. But he gut wrenches uh, um, Axiom, tosses him in the air, and then follows through with a neck breaker. I'm like, wow, wowzy, wowzy, wow. He, I, that's the first time I've seen a move like that done ever so this was an in, uh, inventive move and uh, a very effective looking move 
and timing had to be impeccable with this one. So I was very impressed. Very impressed, indeed. Now, here's another thing. The, the resilience of Axiom and Nathan Fraser is pretty impressive. You know, uh, it was, uh, I believe, uh, Axiom, especially Axiom. He gets uh, picked up by, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Baron Corbin, thrown to uh, Braun Breaker for his massive power slam, which is usually a finisher, but in this case it was not. It was Axiom kicks out almost too easily. You know, it was a really good match, but it was like Axiom and Nathan Fraser. They were wrestling the, uh, you know, uh, AEW style where they get, they're not really, it's, I don't know, they, it's like uh, when they turn things around, they're like, nothing's wrong with them. They're like, oh, I'm fresh as a daisy. Let's go. That, that, that kind of bothers me in a bit. You know, when they get their asses whooped and when things get turned around, all of a sudden nothing's wrong with them. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. With that accent too. They always have the accent. So the ref, ref fight goes, it changes around there. Axiom turns things around, of course, because he does. Fresh as Daisy manages to get uh, Braun Breaker into a Spanish fly, top rope Spanish fly, baby. Couldn't believe that. It was crazy. Some huge-ass moves. This was a lot of entertainment. It was very fun. A good, good match. And then uh, after that, there was, uh, what's that, uh, Nathan Fraser with the, uh, what's that, the Phoenix Splash on Braun Breaker. But however, it is Baron Corbon. Baron Corbon. Break up the pin. He breaks up the pin now. Here's the end sequence here. Um, Baron Corbin ends up getting the end of days onto Axiom. So Axiom's out. And then uh, Baron Corbin tries to get the ends of days onto uh, Nathan Fraser, but Nathan turns it around. Turns the thing around. Kicks him in the face. Knocks him down. But, uh, you know, it's uh, Baron Corbin was the legal man in the first place. So after the big kick, Braun Breaker sets up and with one massive spear, spears the holy hell out of Nathan Fraser, boots and all. And now going on to the finals. The finals is Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. Now the fans were definitely on board with the Breaker um, Corbin Express, the uh, the Wolf Dogs, the Wolf Dogs, the Wolf Dogs. You know what? I've heard worse names. So now, next up. Next up, we go back to the stage. It's with uh, a Josh Briggs, you know, with new attitude, Josh Briggs. And taking control. I'd say he's taking control of his own narrative. And uh, I always say, I always have been saying this since uh, um, NXT uh, UK about uh, Dragunov. I always said, uh, any Federation Dragunov's in, he's like the gatekeeper. If you can get past, if you can fight Dragunov, if you can keep up with Dragunov, you belong in that Federation. If you can beat Dragunov, the, there's there's nowhere you can't go. You know, the sky's the limit. So, of course, uh, it is, uh, you know, uh, Josh Briggs. He wants to prove himself, and he figures the only way to do that is to take on Dragunov, and Dragunov's just straight up pissed off at being used like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's tired of uh, being used as the, uh, you know, the bar, the bar setter, I believe. So he's getting all angry and upset that's going to happen, what's happening there. And then until, of course, Trick Williams comes in there. Trick Williams comes in there. And basically, he tries everybody to cool it off. Cool off! Josh Briggs like, I don't have to listen to you. Who are you to tell me what to do after all? Something like that. You know, uh, yeah, it's Trick's like, you got to do this another time. 
And Josh is like, you know what? Hey, after Judgment Day, you know, you will just return to uh, Carmelo Hayes' pocket as usual. <laughs> so it's like uh, dragging off. He's like, he sees that. He's just like, oh my goodness. The words, the words that are said, the, 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 you know, it's some crazy stuff has been spoken. So anyways, it's Trick Williams. He's like, you want, you want your opportunity? Well, I'm the opportunity. So that's right. So it's uh, Trick Williams. He's warming up because next week, after all, it's not this week. Next week is going to be the uh, the, the tag team, uh, um, Dusty Rhodes tag team classics uh, semifinals for Trick Williams and uh, Carmelo Hayes. That's not this week. It's next week. So what is he doing this week? Nothing. So he has a big match. He challenges uh, Josh Briggs to a match. So it's going to happen tonight. Tonight. After that, we go back on stage with uh, the new new newbie, Ren Sinclair. Ren, who took over for, uh, you know, the injured. Um, you know, excuse me. No, she didn't say that. Um, it's a uh, core jade. I always every time core. Excuse me, is it the trigger for core jade? I always remember her name when I say that for some reason. Core jade. She injured herself badly and uh, taken over for the the battle royal was, uh, you know, um, Ren Sinclair. Now today is her first individual match. And she's nervous about her first match in the NXT. And then Fallon Henley, you know, newly uh, on her own, Fallon Henley. Now she's got some advice for, uh, you know, uh, Ren Sinclair. Keep being your genuine self. And then keep, uh, do this and everything will fall in place. Just like Fallon Henley. Okay, moving on. Moving on. We have uh, ourselves some, the official, the official change. So Avia Ava um, now becomes the youngest general manager of uh, the NXT. The, Ava comes out of the uh, a uh, a room, a room with the uh, Shawn Michaels placard on it, and uh, she goes out there, and then it's uh, William Regal back in the WWE. How much is how much back is he? But anyway, so he congratulates uh, Ava for becoming the newest, the youngest general manager of the NXT. And he offers her his, his guidance whenever she needs it. So yes, so right now, I guess uh, William Regal is back on a part-time basis. Or like, a, um, you know, a real part-time basis. Until he, I think uh, William Regal will eventually get back in full full swing. I don't know. It'll be, it's great to see William Regal back in the WWE, however. New it on! So Ava, Ava, new general manager. What else can Ava do? Ava's wrestling career was terrible. I mean, she had like what one match, you know. And uh, I guess she, she realized uh, the in-ring competitor is just not the life for Ava Rain. She wants to be more administrative, administrative. And I guess she's not quite uh, the uh, writer, so she does. She wants to be on camera, but does not want to be. Uh, who knows? Ava is the new general manager of NXT. And I guess thanks to her lineage, she has that job. At least that's what I'm assuming. She's got a lot of pull. Okay, next up, we got our next match. It is uh, the uh, women's division representing the Meta Four. It's Lash Legend. Lash looks great. Um, I think Lash is, uh, she looks like a champion, period. She just looks like a champion. Now, with Meta Four, we've got the team. It's Noam Dar, Oro Menza, and uh, the person who does really, she's. I guess he's, he's the cheerleader. It's uh, Jakira Jackson. That's why she's been doing nothing as of late. Um, so what's happening here? It's uh, Lash. She's 
just not much size difference. Balash was a, a more tougher competitor, but it's it was a short match. It was about three minutes. Three minutes long. Now, Lash was using her size to her advantage as bullying around, uh, you know, uh, Ren, Ren. Until, of course, the way you can turn things around, it's if you pull the four-point Otis and ram yourself into an inanimate object. Like this case, it's uh, Lash Legend rammed herself into a steel post. And that's when uh, Ren took turned things around for a short period because this was a very short match. A very, a short match. Now, Ren got this, uh, what's that? Uh, now, uh, Ren gets, uh, gives Lash Legend an Insigiri in the ring there. So Lash goes down there. Um, and she goes for a sunset uh, roll-up, a sunset flip roll-up onto uh, um, Lash Legend. And this is where things just fall apart in this match. The referee sees now Jakira Jackson. She jumps onto the ring apron there and grabs a hold of Lash Legend's hands so she can't get pulled over. That's straight up interference. The referee sees that whole thing. Now, the referee has two choices to do. The the lenient thing to do would be to uh, eject, eject um, Jakira Jackson and Metaphor out of the match. Two, disqualify um, Lash Legend from the match for, for interference. But he did nothing. He did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. So, anyways, uh, Lash Legend kicks out of the roll-up because she eventually gets roll-up. Um, and then, of course, after the um, the kick, uh, she gets rolls her up. And then Lash Legend gets pushed into Jakir Jackson for another schoolgirl. So, two attempts to the pin. Now, the ending was this. After uh, Lash kicks out for the second time, you know, it's, uh, what's that? After she kicks out for a second time, Lash just straight up stands up and uh, like gets uh, um, ran into a, a choke slam situation. Like slams her th uh, hand on her throat and then picks her up for a uh, it looks like a sky high choke slam, uh, some sort of weird uh, um, like uh, spine buster, sit down spine well, spine buster. Something like that. I'm not really quite. It's a lot of mixture of a lot of different moves in this one here. But yeah, just like that, Ren Sinclair goes down for the Laos, the big L. The big L! And then just when you think Ren is uh, going to be smashed to pieces by the, uh, what's that, metaphor, they all uh, surround here until, of course, we got ourselves a, uh, a Fallon Henley running down to the ring. And uh, it's a uh, beatdown. And metaphor gets beat down. Well, he's Lash and uh, Jakira do, because Jakira's not a fighter, so it's basically two on one now. <laughs> you know, uh, Val Henley and uh, Ren Sinclair versus uh, Lash Legend, and that's not fair. Anyways, they take the ring, and that's gonna have probably gonna be a tag team match soon. Um, with Ren Sinclair and uh, I can definitely see them being a tag team. Ren Sinclair and uh, Fallon Henley. It's a future women's tag team, obviously, because they're they're women and they're going to be... Anyway, I'm just saying, uh, Ren and uh, Fallon, future tag team. Um, and they're going to be going against uh, Lash Legend and Jakira Jackson, who are going to lose. So next up, we got ourselves it's supposed to be a match. It's a match was supposed to be against Dijak, Street Justice Dijak, versus Joe Gacy. Yeah, Joe Gacy comes back, I guess, his first match in who knows how long. Who cares how long, I should say. And before the match even starts, Joe Gacy does, I guess, he attacks uh, 
you know, Dijak from behind, you know. And they start fighting outside the ring there, fighting around the ring, you know. A uh, lot of back and forth there. Uh, Dijak gets hit with a chair, and Dijak misses with the other chair shot and smashes, uh, you know, and kicks what's that, uh, Joe Gacy. Now, there's this uh, perch. People can watch. A lot of the wrestlers can watch other matches in this perch, this, uh, you know, this birdhouse type style. You know, and a lot of people get thrown through it. You get thrown through the uh, this brutal board that's covering the, uh, you know, the structure, you know. People get thrown through that a lot, and this is no different. Joe Gacy gets kicked through it with a spinning pump kick. He gets kicked right through the thing, and it's just so ridiculous. The whole thing's like Joe Gacy, I guess, his new image is like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, selling anything anymore. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Yeah, who cares? Anyways, the referees come in there and just pull them apart. Does it matter? Nope. Not interested. Not at least bit. But at least they dropped the who cares. Anyway, so back there we go to the uh, locker room area with uh, Ariana Grace. Ariana Grace. And uh, she gives, she's giving herself a, uh, a pep talk. A personal pep talk. Personal affirmations, so to speak. She says uh, her mom said to her, "A vision, uh, a vision you, a vision you be where you want, see where you are headed. How delightful!" Stuff like that. Anyways, Ariana Grace, uh, she has the day off, but it's uh, really Electra Lopez. She's coming into the place looking for Lola Vice everywhere. Where's Lola? Lola, where is Lola? She's nowhere. Anyways. Then we go to a, a hilarious thing. It's a montage. We're done with a montage. It's Robert Stone and Vaughn Wagner training. Training. Because um, he wants uh, he wants to get ahead in life, apparently. And uh, he wants to have the Heritage Cup, apparently. And how are you going to get the Heritage Cup? By training with Vaughn Wagner's children. That's right. Vaughn Wagner's tiny children. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, I think one's like uh, th three, one's like five, maybe. I don't know. Maybe four and six. I don't know. They're really young. They're really young. The Q is buttons, but they're super young, and it's ridiculous. Anyways, moving on. Our next match, it is a uh, singles match. It's uh, very, wow, it happened. It was two and a half minutes of happening. It was, I call it the happening. It was Trey Bearhill. You know, Trey Bearhill, he's the, uh, he's a punch and kick guy. He, there's no real skill in Trey Bearhill. He's a, he's a larger man. He's got larger size. You know, he's got, he looks like a, he looks like a twat. Gotta say, with the face paint, he looks like an idiot, I gotta say. I'm not a big fan of him. And versus Lexus King. Lexus King. I'm not impressed by him. Not at least bit. He's there. He's got some clout, but I don't care. I don't care. He's the, uh. What's that? The drama king. The drama king. Not really drama, I don't think it's called, but he likes us. Regardless, it is just uh, Lexus on fire. Now, what happens in the match? Match resort. Trey Bearhill with his slaps and, you know, bear slaps he does. Oh, that's all he really does. He's just like a strong guy. Just punching and kicking, really. Until, of course, the turnaround. I guess Lexus King had enough, and he does. He uses his massive flexibility in his legs, and he does a spinning kick, 
where he gets so high he kicks uh, Trevor Bearhill right in the nuts. I'm like, wow, that's a super high kick there, uh, Lexus. You know, get any higher, he might hit his belly button. <laughs> so anyways, he gets kicked twice. Once, yeah, okay, so he got kicked in the stomach once. Because as high as you get, yeah, it's like, well, that's the Lexus King super kick. Right just at the belly size, under the belly. And then next he kicks him at the kneecap, taking down Trey Bearhill. Follows up with the uh, running Larry to the back of the head. Followed up by his finishing move. He calls it the coronation. We all see it as a swinging neckbreaker. Shake, rattle, and roll. Shake, 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 rattle, and roll. It's just a roll without the shake and rattle. The honky-tonk man's finishing move. So, yep. Lexus King with a big victory. Or, with a victory. I can't say big. When made Trey Hill is a big guy, but it doesn't matter. Trey Bear Hill. It's hilarious because Booker T's on Trey Bear Hill's ass. Um, because about the, it's all about the breakout tournament. And uh, he's talking about uh, Trey Bear Hill should be ashamed. Crying over spilt milk. Um, Geronimo would be rolling over in his grave. So, you know, uh, you know Booker T's not a fan of Trey Bearhill and his whining and complaining. You know what? If that's true, that would mean also so many wrestlers. It's the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, they should be ashamed of, themsel of themselves. Like uh, Drew McIntyre. He's always whining and complaining. He loves to do that. That's his thing. That's his thing. Anyways, moving on, we go backstage with the uh, the Trick Mellow game. And uh, Carmelo Hayes is, uh, I think, there's a lot of games being played here, you know. I believe so. Carmelo Hayes is playing some serious games, but uh, you know what? It is what it is. But Carmelo Hayes is telling, giving some trick, Melo some trick, uh, William some advice about he shouldn't have taken uh, the match um, with, uh, you know, with uh, Josh Briggs. You shouldn't be doing, uh, you know, what's that, uh, Ilya Dragunov's dirty work. You know, he's uh, trying to twist things up, saying that, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Ilya Dragunov scared and he's doing whatever it takes to skirt, to, to uh, do what it takes to uh, make, you, uh, make you injured, make you stuff, you know, stuff like that. So he's got a lot of uh, big plans. He's, he's planting a lot of ideas in Trick Loom's head about uh, Ilya Dragunov and his intentions. The Mad Dragon. So now with that, we go to uh, the Supernova Sessions with Noam Dar and Oromenza. No, Jigger Jackson or Lash Legend here. They got other priorities dealing with dealing with other stuff like uh, with the Ren Sinclair and uh, Fallon Henley. So today's guest, they bring out uh, uh, now Lola Vice. Now apparently, now before they bring her out, they start making fun of uh, Robert Stone training with his kids. Uh, Robert Stone and uh, Von Wagner training with Robert Stone's children. So hilarious. Anyways, they bring out Lola Vice. And basically, Lola Vice joined the Battle Royal just to eliminate Electra Lopez. Uh, Lola Vice saying uh, Electra Lopez is straight up dead weight, a leech. And she has got no regrets over doing that or any uh, jealousy of any other women that she feels that they're jealous with her. Then Electra Lopez, she comes down to the ring there. She's got a lot to say. Lots to say to uh, Lola Vice. You know, that uh, how... Uh, Electra Lopez got to where she is today through hard work and uh, Lola just shaking her ass on Instagram you know then auditioning for a lifetime movie then she finds herself a wannabe MMA fighter shadow boxing in her bikini 
So real talk now, she says. Uh, she's the biggest phony of all time in the NXT. And she wants her next week one-on-one. So then uh, they couldn't really wait the next week. They attack each other right then and there. The, right over the couch. The fans delight. You're pulled apart, but yeah, the rivalry is, is intense there. You know, uh, so it's going to be good. Uh, who knows? Moving on. And we're going to see something. The beginning of the end, I suppose. The beginning of the end. And it's Chase U. The end is here. It's uh, They had their last class, I suppose. You know? Um, and they're all leaving. The uh, moving people grab their stuff, grab the stuff, and uh, they go away, you know? So, yeah, it's a it's a big day for Under Chase and to Chase U, because, uh, yep, no more Chase U. How about that? It's been a, a short but sweet. Moving on. We go to a huge, ma- I guess, the main event match of the night. Actually, not a main event match of the night. But nice. This was could have been a main event match. This was the match of the night. This was uh, um, Dragon Lee versus uh, representing out of the mu- out the mud. It's uh, Reginald Scripts. Reginald Scripts. No, he just goes by Scripts. But uh, with Reginald, it's uh, Lucian Price, Bronco Nima, and Jada. They're out there. And this match was uh, was about uh, five and a half minutes. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Now, watching the match, of course, it's Obafima on the, uh, you know, up on the perch there. The balcony. The balcony. Now, we got ourselves. This was uh, now Scripps and Dragon. They're both uh, massive high flyers. We got ourselves in one spot where Dragon Lee takes a massive uh, over-the-top, over-the-top uh, Tope Suicida. Not too long after, the, the, I guess the positions are changed. And Scripps himself, he does not just a regular Tope, tope Suicida. He does a, uh, a front flip. He does basically, he does the uh, Molly Go Round Tope Suicida. Tope Molly Go Round. The Tope Molly Go Round, which is, wow, that is next level. I was like, wow. That was next level when I said to myself. So I thought I'd say it three times. And then, of course, going to the top rope with a with a with a floating side frog splash. I've never seen that before. A floating side frog splash. He the scripts jumps right off there. It was pretty incredible. Uh, Montez Ford, Ricochet, would be proud of this one. I haven't seen Ricochet in a while. Anyways, Dragon Lee turned things around a little bit, and then we got ourselves a uh, Mister. Uh, I believe it's uh, a Bronco Nima. Gets up there on the ring apron. To distract, and he does for a short period. Um, but here's just, just one move. I'm really not sure exactly what what it was. I'm not really sure what it was because uh, it is uh, Dragon Lee. He hits those ropes, and when Dragon and uh, what's that uh, Scripps get together, now it would look like either A, either A, um, Scripps just landed a standing Spanish fly onto uh, you know uh, Dragon Lee, or was a Dragon Lee hitting a um, a front flip flatliner? I'm really not sure what happened there, but it was a big move. And I'm thinking, hmm, that was a big move. That looked interesting. That looked that looked like it was a big move. But what exactly happened? Who did the move to who? 
Maybe when it's too choreographed, it just looks weird. Just looks weird. Anyways, after that, we got ourselves uh, the Tony D'Angelo family. They run down there. Um, Tony D, um, Channing Stacks Lorenzo, or um, Adriana Rizzo. They attack, um, you know, Lucien, uh, Bronco, and Jada. It's true. And they fight through the back. Now, it was crazy because uh, it was, uh, what's that? Uh, Adriana Rizzo. She climbs to the ring there and she kicks out uh, what Jada. And then she follows through with one massive tope suicida between the first and second rope with great form. Her form was just top-notch form. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's showing that, yeah, she looks like she's very comfortable in the air as a lucha libre. So that they take the fight to the back. And then inside the ring, as soon as they leave, they turn around and um, I guess Scripps is turned inside out with the Operation Dragon. You know? The inverted DDT, the flip DDT, inverted DDT. So yeah, after that, we got ourselves Obafima watching on at the end of the match. He stands up and he says he's got, he made it to see, made up his mind. You know? He made up his mind. He made a decision. And he challenges. He accepts the challenge from uh, Dragon Lee. And at Vengeance Day will be a North American Championship match. Dragon Lee gets his um, rematch. So, anyways, that does wrap it up for this week's episode of the NXT. But, fear not, listener. Um, join us for after this short break. We will have some SmackDown. So... Don't go away. We'll be right back. This Justin, it's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the KC Center in Miami, Florida. It's Friday Night Smackdown. Air date January the 26th, 2024. This episode is the night before the Royal Rumble. Let's go in. One, two, one, two, three. Let it really look wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like what wrestling we can do, come join us on wrestling show. On wrestling show. Elbow. Uh, welcome back to the wrestling show. I am your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non competitors. That's right, they are the glue that holds objects together. First and foremost, he is the general manager. Most people know him as uh, Mr. NWA or Mr. Mickey James. It's Nick Aldis. Next, Getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops. It's Caleb Braxton. 
<clears throat> then heading into the ring with the officials, the referees of tonight, they are the team of uh, Charles Robinson, Dan Engler, Derek Sanders, and Jessica Carr. And of course, letting everybody know who is about to fight and uh, the results of such matches. It's Mike Rome. And of course, least we forget, it's the commentary team. The play-by-play -play guys, the um, the hosts, and I even call them um, the, the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of now. He's a man with the impeccable style, and I consider him extremely handsome. He's a very reliable Corey Graves, and next to reliable, next to next to reliable Corey Graves. Um, now, usually, not any longer. For all you people that are Kevin Patrick fans, some bad news: Kevin Patrick will not be joining Corey Graves or the WWE in general, for he has been released from the company. So, as for now, joining. Corey Graves, it is the longtime host, longtime veteran of over 25 years. It's uh, Michael Cole. So now, without any further kadoos, let's get on with the show. And this one here to show, it is the day, the night before the Royal Rumble. So there's uh, four matches on the card tonight, four of them, just four. And uh, say that also that uh, I guess some people are getting ready for the uh, the Royal Rumble. Two champions are not there today, considering the SmackDown do have um, the most part-time champions compared to Raw and NXT. It is Roman Reigns taking the night off, the Universal Champion, and of course Logan Paul, the um, United States Champion. Now, I'd, I always said this. I've been saying this for a while. I was wondering, I made a contest. Who who exactly will be doing less work this year as champions? Logan Paul or Roman Reigns? Both of them clearly under the class um, of part-timers. Part-timers. Now, Roman Reigns has no excuse because he's a full-time wrestler, but he's under very part-time schedule. Logan Paul, this is what he does on the side. This is what he does on the side. Anywho, uh, so let's get uh, anyway, so let's get started with the show, and we start off with uh, a very special guest. It's uh, Eladio Carry On. That's right, the musical artist from the from the town, I suppose. Uh, and uh, he's got a he's a he's a big super fan of Randy Orton, I guess, because he's got a song called RKO, and I suppose it means. Uh, the RKO Randy uses and nothing else. That's just oh, it just so happened they call it RKO, but really it means this. <laughs> oh, the fools, the fools. Anyways, he calls out, he announces Randy Orton to everybody's happy delight. Randy Orton comes down there and he's talking about he's giving some kudos to the the bloodline, you know, a Roman Reigns and is uh, coming up to thirteen hundred days as champion. Now. I gotta say this, Roman Reigns. That uh, he has our, he's gotten this far with huge help, huge help from the bloodline, and the fact that he wrestles like a once every couple of months. Once every couple of months, he actually wrestles. So yeah, with the fact that he barely wrestles, and every time he does wrestle, he has uh, ninety percent of the time he has some assistance from uh, either you know one of his uh, entourage. 
at the time. Regardless. And uh, basically, Randy Orton, there's a big match coming at the Royal Rumble. And it's going to be a fatal four-way match for the, uh, you know, you know, um, you, what's that? Uh, Universal. That's right. I'm thinking about Unified. Universal Heavyweight Championship. So he's looking to be the 15-time champion. And then we got ourselves Mr. AJ Styles comes down to the ring there. He talks about LA Knight. Hey, LA Knight stepped over my dead body. Get a chance there. And it's like, uh, don't you forget about me, Randy Orton. Talks about that. And then LA Knight, LA Knight comes down there. And he talks about uh, AJ Styles. Too busy crying over what LA Knight did to get his opportunity. You know, stepping over his dead body. And then uh, he talks about uh, Randy Orton saying it's uh, how stupid it is to fight, uh, you know, fight the muscle of the, uh, you know, the blood, uh, the the bloodline, uh, Solo Skoa. So anyways, he feels it's going to be, it's uh, he's put into a situation tonight. LA Knight thinks he's been to put in a situation where, uh, you know, because he feels Paul Heyman put him in a situation because uh, he feels Paul Heyman thinks he is the one to look out for. So what is the situation? Why there is going to be a match tonight. The main event match will be L.A. Knight versus the muscle Solo Sokoa. So basically, it's hilarious. You know, L.A. Knight says uh, um, his match during his match versus Solo tonight, he's going to hit Solo so hard, he'll be doing his daddy's dance moves. <laughs> he'll be doing his daddy's dance moves. Damn! That was pretty funny. Randy Orton was broke out in laughter. Because it's that good. It's pretty funny, i got to say. Anyways, so with that said, uh, when it comes down to it, at the Royal Rumble, he's going to not only walk over AJ Styles again, he's going to walk over Randy Orton and uh, Roman Reigns to become the world champion. And with that, he leaves. And then after that, we got ourselves a duo in the ring there. Randy Orton and AJ Styles. AJ, remember, last week AJ Styles was... Uh, Destroyed with a RKO, the three most deadliest letters in the wrestling, according to Randy Orton. So then, I guess not for any of that, AJ Styles with a quick boot to the stomach of Randy Orton. Randy takes a hurdle sound. Oh, a belly. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And then the Pele kick later. How a wacko. That's right. Just like this. Right to the back of the head of, uh, you know, uh, Randy Orton. Anyways, we move on to our very first match of the night. It is representing the LWO, the Latino World Order. I call them the Luftwaffe. They are the team is Carlito. And with Carlito, it is uh, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wilde, and Zelina Vega. And fighting them is representing Legado del Fantasma, or Legado World Order. It is uh, Santos Escobar. The great Santos Escobar. And with Santos, it is uh, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. With uh, all spiffed up in her nice little suits. Anyways, this match here was uh, just under eight minutes, I'd say. This was, uh, this was uh, good. This was good, you know, tag ropes. It doesn't matter. You know, they, it, they have good intentions, I suppose. It's not NXT style, you know. But it really does matter. Where it really matters. Now we got a moment here. Uh, Carlito 
he jumps out the ring there and uh, he uh, he distracts himself with uh, Humberto and Angel. They're doing nothing. They're like, hey, what are you doing? We're doing nothing. And before we know it, it's uh, Santos Escobar with one hell of a tope suicita through the uh, second and third rope. A very good tope suicita. Crushing Cardito. Cardito didn't have his way there. Carlito didn't have his way. <laughs> Anyways, during the match there, um, I guess uh, Santos didn't feel Carlito should be wearing his uh, shirt, so he tore it off his body. Tore his shirt right off. You can't wear this shirt in a match. You gotta be professional. That's not the context, I suppose, but it did tear off his shirt. It did tear off that shirt. Now, here's a fun thing. Now, inside a match here, Carlito had this move. He, uh, he it starts off with a suplex. He picks you up for a suplex, which uh, it's completely pointless because he puts you back down. And then uh, from there, uh, maybe it's to make your the blood rush to your head a little bit. And they put you back down on your feet from where you, once you started. And then he spins around with a um, like a neck breaker. So like yeah, interesting. Anyways, that's a good move. Um, not great, but it's a little bit redundant. But it's it's neck it's spinning neck breakers fun. But I'm not sure what's going on with the uh, the suplex part of it. So moving on. So uh, Carlito is having his way this time. He's having his way. When he does have his way, it is uh, you know Humberto Carrillo jumps on the ropes there, jumps on the apron, getting the ref's attention. And Carlito he's uh, wondering what to do. Like oh, there's supposed to be a spot here. I can't remember what is supposed to happen. You know, so when he finally realizes what he's supposed to do, he's like, oh, I'm, maybe I think it's uh, Joaquin, Why? Uh, it is, no, it's uh, Angel Garza. He's like, hey, idiot, run the ropes. So he runs the ropes and he gets uh, tripped up by uh, Angel. Angel pulls the second rope and uh, somehow he flops out of the ring, flops out of the ring, you know. And then, of course, it is the... Uh, you know, LWO is uh, Joaquin Wild and uh, Cruz del Toro getting up, all upset and start attacking. You know, Angel Garza and Humberto. You know, uh, Cruz del Toro going on top of the rope there with a massive tope swanton crushing everybody. Everybody, everybody. But here's the thing. You know, joining, joining Legado del Fantasma. It is the OG member. An OG member straight from the NXT is she Bareth there for now? I mean, uh, I think there's going to be a transition period. She's going to be NXT for a little while longer. And then finally make the jump to the Smack It Down with the Legado. It is, of course, Electra Lopez, the very sexy Electra. The very curvaceous, very beautiful. Anyway, she comes down there and uh, Zelina's on the ring, ring apron and she gets thrown out of her. Her feet get thrown out from under her. And those gigantic clogs almost get flying right into the crowd. Those gigantic ass clogs of Zelina's. Anyways, um, yeah, Zelina's taken out, and of course, looks like Legado del Fantasma has found the lady. But however, the match goes on. Carlito, he's like, hey, I re remember you, I think. And then from behind, it's uh, Angel, Gar it is, uh, what's that, uh, Santos Escobar with the, uh, the roll-up. It is the, the Sunset Flip style roll-up. He does a big 360 Sunset Flip style. Rolls up Carlito. It is over! And of course, now Carlito did get his way a couple of times in this match. But no way for Clito this day. 
Yes, and of course, a four-person team now. It is uh, Legato forming their massive team. So yeah, Legato. I'm looking forward to this. To Legato 2.0. You know, uh, Santos Escobar, Electro Lopez, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo. Now we go backstage, which we got an interesting moment. Interesting moment here. It is uh, Jimmy Uso. Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! He goes up to, uh, walks up to AJ Styles and he's like, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy! Jimmy, 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 Jimmy! And what that translates to is, uh, he basically, um, he wants to work with AJ Styles to eliminate L.A. Knight from the Royal Rumble match completely! And AJ's got to think about that. And while he does, um, Jimmy leaves, leaving um, AJ uh, face to face with the old OG original club. Whatever is left of them, it is. I uh, can't believe they're still around. Uh, they might have a thing going on. Perhaps uh, this is going to be the X factor in the uh, main event match. This is why uh, AJ Styles won't win the uh, heavyweight championship, uh, the Universal Championship at uh, um, the Royal Rumble. I'm thinking because of. Uh, Either Meechin, Carl Anderson, or Luke Gallows. They're going to stick their nose in there because they feel disrespected by A.J. Styles. A.J. Styles. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's like, uh, um, um, what's that about? Because uh, after seeing that, you know, Anderson is like, Carl Anderson is like saying, uh, what's that about? It's like, uh, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. It's got nothing to do with you, sucker. Didn't say that, but he did say, don't do worry about it. Moving on. So, yeah. We go backstage, and it's with, apparently, the Royal Rumble finding out what number. What number are you? So, we all know this is all fictitious. You don't see the number. The, all, everything's going to be done tomorrow. You know what? The day of the Royal Rumble, where they're going to be. They have a basic idea where they're going to be. So, like, oh, you're going to be around at the beginning part. They never, nothing's really hashed out yet, I don't think. You know, because none of the numbers are shown. But anyways, who's going to be in it so far? We got ourselves uh, Bobby Lashley. He's the only one. He's with the Street Profits of Angel Dawkins, Montez Ford. They don't pick a number, so I guess they're not in it. Just Bobby Lashley, he picks a number. Is he happy or not? Regardless. But the whole thing starts with, uh, I guess, uh, the general manager of NXT has got to watch this go down for some reason. So it's uh, Nick Alice congratulating uh, um, Rock Jr. You know, uh, the daughter of the Rock, uh, Ava, to be the youngest general manager in uh, in history. And I, I bet it's got nothing to do with who she's uh, who's the, she's the daughter of. <laughs> nothing to do with that. <laughs> no favors pulled here. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. After they leave, it's uh, Santos Escobar. He joins up there in uh, Bobby Lashley getting a little bit too uh, friendly with uh, Santos Escobar. I got an eye on you. And he gives him the old uh, pu- uh, punch, uh, you know, the old uh, knock, on the sh- uh, no, sh- knock on the chin. You know, give him uh, with the old fist to the chin. Nothing hard, just like the old tap on the chin with the old... So yeah, that uh, got Santos Escobar spitting Latin. Spitting Spanish. Like this and that, this and that. Like, oh my goodness, if I could speak Spanish, who I would imagine a fire he spat. Because my goodness, yeah, that uh, little uh, tap on the chin there, a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a triggering device, I would imagine. I would imagine. But Santos, that's for them. Uh, 
picks his number from the uh, the wheel, the spinning wheel, because they got this uh, little wheel that they have numbers in, they like a lottery ball wheel, and they they spin it around, and you pick it regardless. So next up, we got ourselves a little bit of the uh, you know a vignette of uh, the most curvaceous woman in uh, SmackDown. It's the uh, the very sexy Bailey with the, probably displaying her Jericho top uh, ponytail. Great, great. She just hates the hair in her face, and I'm okay with that. So anyways, uh, she's talking about, uh, Bailey's talking about, uh, you know, her vision are always true. Remember, it's not a story. It's destiny. Moving on. We go to our next match. It's second match of the night. It is for the um, the women's tag team championship gold. And it is, of course, um, your reigning and defending champions. It's Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, Team Teeny Tiny. I bet both together, I always say both together, they pay me about uh, under well under 200 pounds together. So they're really tiny. Versus, of course, representing damage control. It's uh, Asuka and Kari Sane, the Kabuki Warriors. The Kabuki Warriors. Now, this match was about uh, about nine minutes, no, nine and a half minutes. This was a this was a barn burner. This was a for a tag team championship match, you know. However, this uh, now the tag ropes were used, but like uh, all matches in the tag team division, it's uh, the the you know ropes don't really matter, and the referee here really had no control of the whole situation. The whole situation, you know. The match here when uh, there's a lot of four on four or not four on two, two on two fighting in this match, you know it's gotten really out of hand, really out of hand. Now we got ourselves, uh, you know, Katana Chance and Caden uh, Carter. They're the uh, high flyers, but wow, you know, it's like uh, Katana Chance. She's so tiny, and when she does a slingshot, because her head's about even with the top rope. <laughs> so when she does do when she does a slingshot over the top rope, she's got to jump higher than anybody because she's so short. And what she did, she did a tope uh, uh, crossbody, and she tried to hit both the, you know, uh, Kabuki warriors. When she almost fell completely short, landed on her face. But you know, she got caught. She got caught. Not be outdone. It is uh, Katana. Uh, it's a uh, Caden Carter. A Katana chance. She did a thing. Caden Carter goes uh, with a massive uh, tope off the top. A high cross getting both Kubuki Warriors. Kubuki Warriors are doing a lot of catching this match. Doing a lot of catching of the uh, uh, Team Casey. Now here we go into the the match. Goes on. The match goes on. It is a Kari Sane. She goes for her insane elbow. Or at least a version of it. Because she knows it's going to be countered. And it was with a... Um, it's a... Caden Carter with the high legs. Brings up the legs. And uh, that doesn't happen. So we move on. Um, so now here's a move here. It's a uh, what's that? Uh, it's a, a hammerlock flatliner. A hammerlock flatliner by uh, Caden Carter hits Oscar. Uh, you know, or was it a modified face buzzer? Who knows? Who knows? But it was a pretty good move. And after that, it was a keg stand. Katana Chance um, and Caden uh, Carter, and then go for a pin attempt. Now keg stand is Caden uh, um, Carter. Doing a handstand, full up handstand on top of, uh, or it's Katana Chance doing a full hand, full on handstand on Caden Carter. And then uh, Caden Carter does a, you know, just falls backwards and there's a, ends up with a massive splash. 
A massive splash on top of Auska. And then in this course, it's, uh, you know, Kari Sane breaks up the pin. Kari Sane, uh, you know, he gets, she gets knocked out of the ring there. You know, what's that? Uh, um, yeah, Kari breaks. And then, uh, Katana, what's that? Uh, Katana Chance, she tags out. And of course, here we go. After that, we have an after party attempt where it's, uh, what's that? Caden Carter tries to go for a neck breaker, and Katana Chance goes for a three or a 450 splash. But however, it's uh, Kari Sane, she gets back in the match here. And uh, what's that? Uh, Katana Chance goes for a high cross body, takes out Kari Sane, you know. Um, what's that? Uh, Oscar, she dumps, uh, what's that, uh, Caden Carter onto the turnbuckle. Drop kicks the face of Katana Chance. This is the big ending. This is the big ending. Tits a, kicks the face of Katana Chance. Katana and uh, Kari Sane are outside of the ring there. Kari Sane accepts, takes Katana Chance, uh, gets her into the uh, Alabama Slam. Alabama slams Katana Chance onto the commentating table. Therefore, I would believe Katana Chance is uh, KO'd. KO! Right on top of the table. Now, going back to the match here, it's Caden uh, Carter and Asuka. They're battling it about there. They're scuffling about inside the ring. Eventually, Asuka backs up into her corner. She gets blind tagged out of the match. Asuka um, sets up, uh, you know, Caden Carter with a uh, inverted DDT. Kari Sane goes to the top rope with her insane elbow and meeting in the middle, so to speak. Hitting the move, hitting the tandem move. It is with no chance. Caden Carter losing. And your new champions, it is the Kabuki Warriors. Now, the Kabuki Warriors are former champions, and they are the longest reigning women's tag team champions of all time, and they're back as champions. So now, as the What's that? Uh, um, the damage control out of all, well, four competitors. One, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, you know Dakota Kai. She's not really a competitor right now. She's the translator. So we got ourselves three champions. Io Sky, world champion. Um, Asuka and uh, Kari Sane, tag team champions. Bailey looking forward to becoming a champion on her own. So, yeah, they're looking to uh, take over the women's division. And uh, will that happen at uh, the Royal Rumble? Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out soon enough. Moving on. We go backstage and it's with uh, uh, the Bloodline, Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, and uh, Sol Sokoa. Now, apparently, there's a difference between uh, fixing a problem and solving a problem. Now, last week, uh, Solo Sokoa solved a problem solved the problem last week but didn't fix it so this week he tends to uh he has to fix the problem for no mercy so the problem is uh la night the la night problem so he's gotta he's gotta show no mercy on this guy before the uh you know the royal rumble match that's what i meant to say anyways moving on and after that after soul skull leaves it's uh, a little word one-on-one -on -one word it's uh paul Heyman and Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! And Paul Heyman says, uh, you know, 
talks about how Roman Reigns had to step it up from becoming the, uh, you know, the big dog to the tribal chief. And you got to step it up too. And the Royal Rumble is where you do it. Where you do it. So, yeah. Um, so, he wants to take the next step. He's got to, it starts, the path starts at the Royal Rumble. And the one-legged champion. And no backed. Because his back has got a broken disc in his back. Apparently, Seth Rollins with a hurt leg and broken back. Anyway, so he's... Uh, looking to win the Royal Rumble and take on Seth Rollins to make the Tribal Chief proud, I suppose. Moving on. We go backstage and it's with the uh, the Royal Rumble draw. I guess, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Nick Aldis and Ava back there. Make sure that they take numbers that uh, don't really exist happen. It's uh, Bianca Belair. She's picking out her number and Bailey coming out there. Happy to, to you know, pick out her number. You know. So, anyways, uh, they're gonna—they're both entering the Royal Rumble. Who's gonna win? I guess uh, they're both looking forward to win. Bailey and Bianca Belair—they want another chance at the belt. So, hey, what are you gonna do? Regardless, let's move on. It's just a circumstance where they both met in the backstage and had a little talking. A little talking, though. So, we'd speak about talking. We're supposed to have a face to face, to face to face to face. To face, that's right. It is uh, Bobby Lashley, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford. They're in the ring there, and they want uh, problems with the uh, the final testament. It's the final testament, Delete. Anyways, yeah, they're going to call him out because they got a problem with him, and uh, vice versa, and vice versa. So yeah, we got ourselves uh, finally. They come out there. It's uh, you know Paul um, Ellering, Scarlet. Akam Razor, um, Karen Cross, and Scarlet hitting the ring there. Scarlet, new look Scarlet, with her, uh, you know, uh, what's that, uh, hazelnut hair color? She's brunette. Anyway, so Bobby Lashley's all upset. So, yeah, you bring a, you send her out. You send a woman out, huh? Send out uh, Scarlet for you to fight your battles, huh? So when he gets all upset and he calls out his uh, private party, Angel Dawkins, Montez Ford, let's go attack! So Montez Ford and, and um, Angel run out there to attack. But however, it is uh, Scarlet. She's got she's got balls. So she jumps down the back of, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Bobby could easily fling her off. You know, Bobby Lashley's uh, like, I don't know, close to maybe six feet tall. Close to six feet and uh, solid muscle. While, uh, you know, Scarlet, she's probably wearing her mat. Wait, regardless. She's like maybe 250 pounds lighter. She can be thrown around easily. Regardless, so Scarlet takes his back, and uh, Bobby Lashley has no idea what to do. He's like, oh, no, no, no. And then the uh, Street Profits are taking care of outside the ring there. Inside the ring, it's Karen uh, Cross. Whap wipes out Bobby Lashley into the ring post. The Street Profits are taken care of by Akam and Razar. And then it's Bobby Lashley set up again for the cross hammer right to the back of the head, big elbow to the back of the head or to the forearm shimmer. And that was that. And it's uh, the big team with the big uh, statement before the big night, the Royal Rumble. That's right. Um, yeah, it's going to be a three on three match Bobby Lashley, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford versus Carrying uh, Cross, Akam, and Razor. And I'm assuming Carrying Cross, Akam, and Razor will be winning. Because Bobby Lashley's teams are always terrible. Even though Bobby Lashley can have the greatest wrestlers on the planet. And his team will always lose because it's Bobby Lashley. I'm thinking that. 
because uh, it's true. You know, if Bobby Lashley does win, I'll be shocked because uh, there'll be a huge hit to the careers of, uh, or the, the trajectory of the, uh, what are they called? The, the Final Testament. The Final Testament. Moving on. We got ourselves a little bit of a uh, yeet to yeet or no yeet. Copyright permitted. It is, of course, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Taking some advice from Paul Heyman and wanted to pick a thing out there. So he picks out the number and he says it's no yeet. No yeet. So then we go into this ring here. Another one-on-one -on -one match. This is the case of Austin Theory with his uh, friend backing him up. Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes. Part two. Now, a couple of weeks ago, they had their part one. The first first time, Austin Hayes versus Carmelo. Austin Theory versus Carmelo Hayes. The first match didn't end so well due to a botched Spanish fly attempt by Austin Theory. Austin Theory landed on his head, and the match was called then and there. But Austin Theory, he's got muscles on top of muscles. You know, so uh, he was, he, uh, out of safety, they stopped the match. But next week, he was at work. He looked, he looked like nothing happened. Apparently, so this is the rematch. What could have happened, now can happen. Now, this was under seven minutes. This could have been easily, this could have just taken down the whole house. This could have been a, you know, even though this was a match of the night. You know, uh, even though there was interference. But the wrestling was that damn good. That damn good. Austin Theory, Carmelo Hayes, they could have gone ten minutes. At least ten minutes. You know, it was close. It was like a little under seven. It was, it was good. Regardless, it was a good match. So what happened in the match? What happened? A lot of back and forth, that's for sure. A lot of back and forth. Now, Carmelo Hayes gets thrown out of the ring early. And he gets punched in the face by uh, Grayson Waller. Already assisting. You know, so that's no help. And uh, so, yeah, that's not good for Camilo Hayes. Because, uh, you know, the referee has his back turned on the whole situation. Now, we got some innovative moves here in this match here. It was just... I like to see more of this stuff here because it's pretty cool. One of them, they didn't know what to call it. They did not know what to call it. Now, this was a... Uh, Camilo Hayes gets uh, Austin Theory into a... Uh, looks like an inverted uh, DDT. And then he jumps up for a bulldog, an inverted bulldog. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's uh, awesome because uh, Carmelo Hayes gets such incredible height. But not be outdone. Not be outdone. Well, after, but before that happens. Uh, so while Carmelo Hayes was on top of things, maybe going for the uh, nothing but net leg drop, Grayson Waller jumps on the ring apron again. Referee does nothing still. He just, hey, uh, whatever. So another distraction, which leads uh, to, uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes getting uh, taken care of by uh, Austin Theory. Now, this was the move. Oh, my goodness. This was crazy. Another another crazy move. Now, Austin Theory, he gets, uh, he puts Carmelo Hayes into position, puts him around, and gives him the flips. He flips him around. It was basically, it looks like he was giving, um, Carmelo Hayes was uh, thrown to a 450 spin, a 450 spin. 450 front spin and then landing into a uh, flatliner. He calls it the uh, um, hitaxia, the hitaxia. So, yeah, so that was wow. The hitaxia, incredible. The uh, 450 flatliner, wow, wow. Yeah, these uh, 
Austin Terry, Carmelo Hayes, two top-notch wrestlers can really go. They know their shenanigans. So here we go again. They start scuffling at the you know this is the end of the end of the match, the final sequence. They're scuffling for uh, to get on front. So they're doing uh, go rounds, go behinds. And the Grayson Water jumps on their apron again. Hey, oi, referee! What's going on here? Oh, I see some scuffling, gaily gangling going on. Referee says, oh, what you doing?" Camilla Hayes gets all upset with it, shrugs off Austin Theory, and then clobbers Grayson Waller in the face. Now, uh, Austin Theory tries to do a move where he gets behind uh, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes with a wheelbarrow roll up, rolls up uh, Austin Theory. But Austin Theory, however, he counters roll. He counter rolls Carmelo Hayes, and with the pulling of his trunks, the pulling of the trunks. Camilo Hayes loses. Referee does not see the trunks being pulled almost off the uh, off the waist of uh, Camilo Hayes. So yeah, um, so basically taking it up the rear because that's the most uh, humiliating way you can lose a match by the roll up. So yeah, Camilo Hayes loses by roll up. Austin Theory with big victory, and then after the match, it's going to be the beatdown, the beatdown, baby. So yeah. Um, Grayson Waller, Austin Theory want to do a two down, two on one beat down, but then it's a boom, boom, boom. It's whoop that tr it's Trick Williams. Boom, 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 boom. It's Trick Williams runs in the ring there and helps out, and Carmelo, everybody's everybody. Trick Williams, it's 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 uh it's deafening. People are catching on with the whoop that trick thing. Whoop that trick. Everybody loves to say that. Everybody loves seeing Trick Williams ask whooped. Maybe it's. They were saying, whoop that trick. Maybe it's a whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. I don't know. But regardless, people love Trick Williams. I think, uh, yeah, Trick Williams, uh, people love him. I mean, uh, all he has to do is uh, have good matches. Then he's in the clear. You know, he's, he's, he's loved. He's beloved like Booker T was. And still kind of is. So, yeah. It's Carmelo Hayes. He's like, thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks for coming and save my ass. But it's Trick Williams. Now, they're a tag team. They are an NXT tag team. It's a Trick Williams, Trick Mellow game. The Trick Mellow game. And they're going for this week, this or next week, on NXT will be the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classics. And uh, it is the semifinals. And it's going to be uh, uh, Trick Williams and uh, Carmelo Hayes competing in it. So Trick Williams just wanted Carmelo Hayes at his tippity top shape. It's like, give that, get that hand out, get that weak ass hand out of here. Oh, just, I just want to protect my investment, so to speak. So now with that, we got ourselves Caleb Braxton with uh, Alon, uh, Eladio um, Carrion, and uh, you know, talk about uh, the Royal Rump. And how he feels that Randy Orton would be the new champ, maybe. And then that's when the bloodline show up. The bloodline. It's uh, Paul Heyman, Soul Sokoa, and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Soul Sokoa uh, staring a hole right through, uh, you know, Eladio. And Eladio is like almost, I think, I think if you look down, I think there might be a puddle of water down there and he wasn't drinking anything at the time if you know what I mean he's like where are you Randy where are you Randy Randy so yeah and they're talking it was, it was kind of hilarious you know uh, about uh, 
respectful. Respectful. It's like, yeah, I'm being respectful. It's like he's being respectful because uh, I suppose uh, Paul Heyman felt, uh, um, you know, Eladio was disrespectful. Regardless. Regardless. Now the main event match of the night. It is uh, L.A. Knight versus Solo Sokoa. And with Solo Sokoa is uh, Paul Heyman and uh, Jimmy Uso. Jimmy, Jimmy. So, yeah. This was about uh, nine and a half minutes. Now, here's a, a move here I have to say. Um, what's that? Uh, L.A. Knight. He's, uh, he was outside the ring there. He had to battle it by his bad. He had to battle his way back into the ring there. And he did with a shoulder, shoulder, the shoulder tackle onto Solo. And then he did this uh, um, with a slingshot. He did a slingshot into the ring. Now, uh, slingshots are tough. You need to get a lot of momentum. And to clear the ring with your shoulder first, he did over-the-top slingshot. It's supposed to be a slingshot spear. But uh, it's so tough to get so much momentum to fly, not just to... just. I mean, it takes all your might just to clear the top rope itself. But to get the clear the rope plus some to uh, turn that, uh, you know, slingshot into a spear, ho, ho, you're looking almost impossible. And it was impossible because uh, LNA tried. So he slingshot himself over the top rope for a spear, and he almost just, if, uh, you know, Solus Cole was an inch or two away, LNA would have just fallen flat on his face. It would look the fool. He would look the fool! Anyway, the match carries on. Um, now, during this match here, the first time they fought outside, LA Knight rolled inside the ring and rolled outside the ring to break the count. It wasn't necessary because they weren't fighting outside the ring that long, but the fact is LA Knight was uh, conscious enough to roll in and out of the ring. I'm like, wow, that's cool, but that meant nothing, nothing. Apparently, later on, I'll explain why. Now, they fought on. This is uh, before LA Knight could truly get back in the ring there again, once the fight going on, back in the ring there. Uh, it's uh, Jimmy! He jumps on the ring there looking like he's going to attack uh, L.A. Knight, but backs down, backs down, but gives Sol Sokoa some time to breathe, some breathing room, and Sol turns things around again. But it doesn't matter, L.A. Knight, you know, L.A. Knight turned things around again. Now here's where it gets fun. Um, now L.A. Knight, he turns things around. This is like back and forth. It doesn't, wrestling really doesn't matter. Um, Jimmy Uso gets back on the ropes there. He tries to do something again. He gets knocked down off the ropes. You know, it's some crazy stuff. Some crazy, crazy stuff. You know. So here's the thing. They fight outside the ring again. They take the fight outside the ring. This is where it ends. The end sequence fight ends outside the ring. I'm thinking, wow. They're fighting outside for a long time. For about 30 minutes. Uh, 30 seconds about. About 40 seconds. They're fighting outside about 40 seconds until it d ends. You know, it's like, wow, 40 seconds. And no, not in uh, a count out. Not, not in double count out. Referee wasn't uh, near 10 when they're outside for like 30 seconds. So it is, they're fighting outside. LA Knight using uh, Solo Score's head as a basketball. Bouncing it off the uh, commentating table. It is hilarious looking. <laughs> flop, flop, flop. Many times. And next thing you know it, next thing you know it, LA Knight's uh, giving uh, Solo Sokoa a flying knee to the face. Whappo! Run by knee. And when LA Knight's going around uh, toting his own uh, greatness, he's attacked 
by an AJ Styles for the crowd jumping in with a phenomenal forearm smashing the holy hell out of LA Knight so this is the big finish the build up to the Royal Rumble and of course Roman Reigns isn't there to help out this uh, this hoopla because he's too busy being somewhere else where the Royal Rumble is the Royal Rumble so anyways after that LNA gets thrown into the uh, steel steps, taken out for the time being. And then it's uh, to yeet or not to yeet. It's uh, Jimmy. He walks in with the uh, a steel uh, um, steel chair. Who is he going to hit? He's going to try and hit AJ Styles because he's been in that, uh, what's that, the Fatal 4-Way match in uh, the Royal Rumble. We could take out AJ Styles the day before the match. But he takes that steel chair and hands it down. You going to do it? Tack him now, tack him. And Soul scores, it's attack him. So Soul and Jimmy's like, do it. You know you want to. And then Jimmy's like, and then, no, oh, actually, it's uh, AJ Styles. He's not having any of it, not telling, being told what to do. So he ends up taking that steel chair and whacking the holy hell out of uh, Soul Sokoa, whacking the holy hell out of uh, Jimmy. And then, of course, it's uh, Randy Orton. Not be forgotten about. He runs into the ring there to, to, to enter the fray. Now he almost got uh, taken by Soul Sokoa, but turns it around and then gives Soul Sokoa a back body driver on top of the table. So the table is stead, held steady because they did not pull those uh, releasable pins for, for it to collapse. Anyways, it's not over because uh, Randy Orton, he gets uh, Jimmy. He gives him the big old DDT. The DDT, where they're draped over the, the second rope by the feet, and gives uh, Jimmy Uso the DDT. And he gives uh, AJ Styles runs in the ring there. The super jacked AJ Styles with his new uh, his new gear, his uh, street clothes, you know, looking like he uh, a new member of Shield. Anyways, so he runs in there, he runs in the ring there, and he gets DDT'd by, uh, um, you know, Randy Orton as well. I'm thinking, wow. Is this the day Randy Orton, is, is this the week Randy Orton will not be throwing RKO? But no, after that, it's RKO City. AJ Styles gets RKO'd right out of his boots. Or should I say shoes? <laughs> no, he's wearing boots. Anyways, Randy Orton thinks it's over. He raises the number one in the hands. He's one in the hand in the air. I think he's uh, the champion. He's going to be the next champion. Before you know it, before Randy Orton can truly celebrate, he is attacked by L.A. Knight with the blunt force trauma running, you know, uh, Randy Orton's head directly into the ground. So, the wild card here is L.A. Knight, you would think, hmm? But anyways, uh, yeah, Roman, will Roman Reigns be the champion by Sunday? Because uh, it would be good if he is, but it is a fatal four-way, and it is the fact that there's no disqualification, which also means that uh, Sol Sokoa and Jimmy, 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 can interfere and help out Roman Reigns in the end to win. That's what I'm saying. So Roman Reigns could possibly still walk out as champion. He does not deserve it. You know, he's undeserving. Anyways, that's me riping on about uh, Roman Reigns. I ripe on him. I gripe about him a lot. But anyways, that does wrap it up for this uh, episode of Smack It Down. And concludes the wrestling show. Now, if you've stuck around with us to the very end of the podcast, know that I hold a very special place in my heart just for you. 
Now, fear not. Stay tuned. For next week, we'll have an all-new episode of The Wrestling Show. And always remember, listener, you matter. So, 